Amen. Uh, I want to remind you of more of you Mondays. On Monday, <laughs> tomorrow will be Monday. Uh, but you need to come. It's been wonderful. Uh, the Lord has really been doing a work and, and moving, and I encourage you to come. And that, uh, as Terrence says, you, you get food for the soul and then food for your belly later. Uh, but uh, you get fed both ways. But we're excited to be a part of what the Lord is doing. We're excited about what's going on. Uh, the changes, as you well know, this morning was different here. and It's different in the sound booth. And thank God for people who just step in and say, I'll figure it out. We'll learn on the fly. And uh, some are running to words. and That's nuts. Uh, <laughs> Israel's on the soundboard back there, the DJ, he's scratching, no he's not, <laughs> but we're thankful for people that'll just step in and just do it, um, I'm not making light of anything that's going on, we obviously know what's going on, and I understand being cautious, and I understand uh, uh, a virus is a virus, and I understand that it's real, people are getting real sick, but I also understand that the, the Lord has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. And uh, just use common sense. Wash your hands like you should be. <laughs> Don't be coughing in people's face like you shouldn't be. And uh, just, just live normal. And, uh, if you, and uh, we, we thought about giving away free toilet paper to get people to come. <laughs> no, just... <laughs> uh, but uh, it's, I, don't, I don't know... Uh, I'm, I'm not I'm about to say something, I'm just going to leave. Let's just get into Ephesians tonight. <laughs> I'm about to get myself in trouble. But Ephesians, uh, I guess part six, this is part six, but uh, I, using for a title tonight, if you will, is, is partakers of his promise, promise in Christ Jesus. There's no other way that you can be a partaker of the promise of God other than in Christ Jesus. Because he is the way, the truth, and the life, right? He is the way to have access, to be a partaker of the promise of God. So in, we're in Ephesians, and we'll be in verses 1 through 12, and may or may not get through them, I don't know, we'll just see what the Lord has. But anyway, beginning with verse 1 says, For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, I was making sure I was in the right place. I thought I was reading the wrong section for a moment. How he's made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me, who am less than the least of all saints, is his grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, 
according to the eternal purpose, which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of Him. Now, we know that it's no secret. We, 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 we know that in Christ all things are possible. In fact, in Matthew chapter 19, uh, the, the Lord te- or Jesus says, For men, with men things are impossible, but with me, uh, basically nothing's impossible. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing there, but it's nothing's impossible with Christ or in Christ. But Paul starts this chapter that he was a prisoner. And he didn't start by saying, poor old me, can you have pity on me? Will you send me some money? Uh, Will you correspond with me in letters? Will you correspond with me in fellowship? But he said, I, Paul, for this cause, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. And he goes on to explain the cause, why I'm here. I'm here for you because I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm preaching this message that's been delivered to me by revelation I'm preaching the truth to you, and they don't like it, but I'm going to write to you anyway because I want you to know that you once were an alien, a foreigner, a stranger, and without Christ you had no hope, but now you are in Christ. You are a fellow heir. You are in the family of God. There is Jew and Gentile. We are the same in Christ Jesus. So this calls, I'm I'm writing for you, I'm writing to you, but I'm a prisoner of Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus, whichever way you want to say it, willingly. Willingly. Are y'all, we gotta, we're going to have to wake up tonight, because I get really nervous when y'all get really quiet. It was really quiet in Yakinville this morning, and Somerset is quiet in here, and uh, anyway, I just like noise. <laughs> so if you want to make a random... No, just don't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't do that. But anyway, he was a, a prisoner of Jesus Christ willingly, that, that he loved us so much that he would be held captive. Paul would be held captive by the love of Christ. I am a, thank God I understand what being a prisoner of Jesus Christ is. I'm held captive. I'm captivated willingly, but I'm held captive by his love. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing that he would love me, not only that he would love me, but he would die for me, and he would make a way for me to be a partaker of all that the Father, God the Father has. That's how much he loved me, so I am captivated by the love of Christ, and I am held captive by that love. I'm a prisoner of Christ, and he was held captive by that mercy and that grace. The physical prison he endured was only a bump in the road. This ain't nothing. This is nothing. This, this, I'm in here, so what? It is what it is. But man, I am I'm gladly a prisoner of Jesus Christ. I am held captive. I am ca- you ever been captivated by something? Anything. When I was little, Jason uh, shared something the other week about the 80s TV shows. Man, I was the fall guy. I was like, the truck could jump anything, run through anything. I had a Fall Guy metal lunchbox, and I would go to lunch. I didn't ever carry my lunchbox to, to, to lunch. I ran down the breezeway and gr- drug my lunchbox along the metal things and hitting the poles. And, and I, I, never, I could never figure out why my food was such a train wreck when I opened my lunchbox. But 
I was captivated by the fall guy. I love the fall guy. And then, then I became captivated by Airwolf. And, and a heli- I was just wanted to be in a helicopter that went upside down and, and all of these things. And, and, and when I was a kid, I was captivated by whatever, Tom and Jerry. And I could never figure out why the, why the coyote could never catch the roadrunner. And I would thought I would and thought, and I was just captivated. But then I fell in love with Christ. Man. And captivated by His goodness, by His mercy, and by His grace. And then I, then I began to realize that, man, He really, really, really loves me. Because I in myself am a total screw-up, and I mess things up, and, and I, 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 I don't... Com- There's times when I wouldn't commune with Him, and I wouldn't worship Him, and I wouldn't give Him honor, and I wouldn't give Him glory, but He still loved me because every time I came back to Him, He welcomed me with open arms, and I become captivated by the love of Christ. And when you become captivated, and when you become a prisoner of Jesus Christ, you will understand, all that's within me, I've got to get it out, because somebody needs to hear this message. Somebody needs to hear this gospel. Somebody needs to have hope. Because without Him, you have no hope. Read back into Ephesians. You don't have it. You don't have it. But Paul, if you go back to Romans 1 and verse 14, and, and I know I reference this scripture a lot, but, but I need to reference it a lot because I am debtor. Paul understood, I owe it to any and everybody, to the Greek, the barbarian, not to the barbarian, not like they were running around with leather skirts on and big swords and, and sledgehammers. If you were not a Jew, you were considered barbaric, but the, the barbarian, both the wise and the unwise. I owe it to any and everybody to tell of this goodness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is what the disciples said. We couldn't help but speak of His goodness. What are we, what are we speaking? Right now, right now, if you go on social media, I bet you can't scroll for a half, a, I don't know how many, I don't know what a half a scroll is. However big your thing is on your screen, you can't get halfway through it without seeing something about somebody with, with the virus or, or the governor or somebody, whatever. Listen. He always makes a way. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they, when they were told to eat of the king, they, they found favor. They, they became, they, they, oh, there is always a way. If we are afraid and we're terrified that the governor of North Carolina, Mr. Roy Cooper, whom I did not vote for, nor will I ever vote for, If we're terrified because he's going to say that you are going to get a class 2 misdemeanor if you gather together with over 100 people. Well, if you, Mr. Cooper, if you happen to see this, we don't have 100 people in here, okay? But anyway, if we obey the law of the land and we say, Lord, it's just going to all shut down, is there not another way? If you've got 200 people, or let's say you've got 199, you could do two services. There's always a way. But we freak out and we panic and we, we, we're afraid of what man may do. I Listen, if God be for us, who can be against us? I'm not here to buck and to, to make a fight, but I'm telling you that the gospel will go forward. So, 
Until you realize how blessed you are, you will never desire to share this gospel with other people. The United States of America, I've said it time and time again, is almost too blessed to be blessed. Because, Lord forbid, if you took away these cell phones, I mean, half this nation would, they wouldn't know what to do. I mean, if you had to go back to rotary dial, you ain't. I don't know if they, I mean, they may, I don't know, but um, we depend on stuff more than we depend on him. I'm, this is not a bad thing. I mean, I use it. We all use it, but so what? So what? So until you realize how blessed you are, you'll never desire to share it with others. There are people that are literally meeting underground or on rooftops or hiding to, to share the gospel. I know, Tammy, you started reading Torture for Christ, and you said, I can't stop reading or crying. And you realize all of a sudden, man, what am I doing? What am I doing with the gospel? Am I afraid to really share it? Because somebody might say, oh, you're one of those people. You're one of them holy roller people. Y'all must run pews. We don't have pews. If, you run, if somebody runs the chairs, man, that is the Lord. I mean, if, hey, I'm telling you. But anyway, he took, a, 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 he, he took what was a persecutor of the faith and he changed his heart. He changed his speech. He changed his perspective. He changed his life. He changed his thinking. He changed everything about him. And he went from a, a persecutor of the faith to a proclaimer or a promoter of the faith. He proclaimed the faith which is in Christ Jesus. He took what was against and he turned the life around and made him for. He always works perfectly. The zeal and the drive, it didn't come from just hearing words, but it came by and through a divine revelation. I can't tell you how many times I read the word, and I, and I knew what it said, but it wasn't like, whoa, what? That's crazy. I don't know how many times I read the story of Zacchaeus, and we sang the song in children's church, and I heard it over and over and over and over and over and over and over. But when I became captivated by the love of Christ, and I continually asked when I would read, I asked the Holy Spirit to enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Lord, make this word real to me. And I began to read Zacchaeus in a whole different manner. And I began to read it that he was determined because the scripture says that he was determined to see Jesus. He made it in his mind. I, you, we call him a tax collector and a wee little man. But he made up in his mind, I'm going to see him. So when you hear the gospel, you hear the gospel, but when it becomes real to you through a divine revelation, through the Holy Spirit working in your life, making those light bulbs go off, then you read the Word and you're like, now I understand that is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now I know what it's talking about because if I can't have this, then I'm in big trouble. So that zeal and that drive didn't come from just hearing the word, but it came from a divine revelation that Jesus is the only way, and I've got to tell everybody that you can be saved. Isn't that, isn't that true? 
Never go to somebody and say, can I have your criminal background history? Go to say, hey, I've got great news for you. I don't, I, it doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done, I don't, I don't care, anything of that. But i got great news for you. There's hope for you and you can be saved. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 10 and 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be... Whosoever means whosoever. It doesn't mean anything else. So when we quit specifying who we think can and should hear the gospel and we begin to share it with all, then you'll see something change. You want revival? Then ask for revival to start in your life because I can promise you right now the American church is not ready for revival. We're not. I am. I'm not saying we're, I'm just saying the church as a whole. What are we going to do? Because they're going to mess up your programs. Because there's going to be some people come in that need to talk. There's going to be some people to come in that they don't understand. And there's going to be some people to come in that might stink, they might cuss, and they might be half-clothed. But they still need Jesus like you need Jesus. And they need the love of Christ just like you need the love of Christ. And guess what? It's okay if your program gets interrupted. It's all right. And I can't wait for the day that that comes. Every time I may say that, Daryl probably cringes. But I can't wait. He didn't even cringe. <laughs> But when you proclaim the gospel, I want to promise you something, resistance will come. I said before, you can measure truth, or truth can be measured but with the resistance that it's met with, or by the resistance it's met with. Ian Summer was having a, not an argument, but a disagreement about something earlier, and I said, well, I'll go get the tape measure. <laughs> and I told Dennis, they were walking up, I said, numbers never lie. I'm going to hopefully prove my wife wrong. She didn't hit what well, she heard it now because she's in here. But they used the old arm measurement of Daryl. And I said, he probably moved his arm. Y'all cheated. And uh, they didn't cheat. But she was right and I was wrong. But truth, as always, she's always right. Truth, the truth will be met with resistance. It's plain and simple. The cross is an offense. I was thinking of this on the way to Yatkinville this morning, and just a thought in my mind, and I want to ask tonight, when is the last time the gospel has offended you? Because if it hasn't, then I don't know if you've been asking the Lord to search your heart. Because, man, it's been tearing me up. When is the last time this gospel offended you, personally? Because we know we'll speak it, we'll teach it, and we'll tell it, but when's the last time you've asked Him to search your heart and to reveal to you and to create in you that clean heart and to pull out those things that don't need to be there to get rid of the attitude or the, or the things that I may do that just don't glorify nor please you and it will offend you because I can tell you the truth will, we say it all the time, the truth will make you free but it will offend you first. It's going to. So speak the truth. You've heard us say before, I had rather offend you to heaven than to love you to hell. Tell them the truth. But tell them in love. Tell them in love. Listen, prison did not stop Paul's proclamation. But what has stopped ours? Life, we're busy, 
mean, whatever. When, when, when our boys were involved with baseball and the travel, all that jazz, and Summer came to me and she said, I'm telling you, man, my grandmother believed that sports, my grandfather believed that sports was of the devil. <laughs> she said, I'm starting to really believe that because it's pulling our family out of church. And I was like, crazy. <laughs> they go to the big leagues. Me and you's going to be sitting in a nice big house because they're going to remember mom and dad. And Nah. <laughs> but things have been designed to wreck the family, to pull us away from the things of the Lord. To take our attention, our focus away from. To pull us away. So I ask what stopped yours. Or let me ask this. Has it ever started? Has it ever started? When's the last time you shared the gospel with somebody? You don't have to preach a three point message or a 45 minute sermon. I'm just talking about loving somebody. In conversation. I mean for crying out loud. I'm going to tell you right now. You can make all kinds of friends. Be careful if you do it, but go there with a backpack full of toilet paper, stand out in the parking lot, just hand some rolls out. God bless you. May this be kind to you. <laughs> I got, I'm going to get in trouble. i got to stop. But verse, verse 2, he said, Have you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which has given me to you word? So in other words, Paul wrote, and he wrote to the church of Corinth back in 2 Corinthians 5. Verse 2, he said, For in this uh, we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house uh, which is from heaven. So in other words, he's saying, I'm longing for what is to come. I'm longing for what is to come and what will be. In spite of the trouble that will come, I will wait patiently. And when this corruptible will put on incorruption... And when this mortal will put on immortality, this, this dispensation of grace that's been given to me, uh, to you, word, I have been, been graciously blessed to be in charge of making sure that this message is preached right and taught right. And what I'm telling you is for you. If you've heard it. So Paul is letting them know I'm, what I'm going through does not hold a candle to what is coming. The best is yet to come. What you're going through right now does not hold a candle to what is coming. It doesn't matter how sick or how broke or how rich or how, how whatever you may be. It doesn't hold nothing to what is to come. Because when Christ returns, when the trump of God sounds, we're going to be caught up. We're going to be glorified. I, there is a better day coming. What I have. Paul says, what I have, it will, what I will teach you, will change you if you'll only receive, believe and receive. When uh, a few years ago, when Summer and Beth joined that gym, I can't remember the name of it, but it doesn't matter. Um, by the way, treadmills are dangerous if you turn them up fast. But I believed that I could go there and I could get in shape. But if I never applied what was there to my life, it never did anything for me. You can believe this all you want. But until you apply and you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And allow Him to change you. Even if it hurts your feelings. To change you. 
So Paul was giving oversight to make sure that this new covenant was taught properly. And in verse 3, we read how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words. <coughs> so what he revealed to me, I gladly share it with you. you. You've got people, they say they're preachers, pastors or whatever. Oh, I've got something that's so deep and it's so secret. And it's just, man, I just wish I could share it. If it's from God, it's good. And I'm going to tell you what, you need to share it. And if they tell you you got to do 72 jumping jacks and, and come and give me $10 to hear it, then you tell them you're a nut. And I don't want it. Because what he has is free and it's shared openly. There was a girl last night who spoke at Aftermath. And man, it was powerful. And, and I know she was nervous. She's 19 years old. And when I'm crying out loud, when I was 19, I would have probably threw up if I got up there. But, but she was talking about what she did and how her life changed. And, and she said something that, 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 that really just stuck with me. And I don't know where she heard it or if she made it up or whatever, but she said Jesus is free, but Christ will cost you everything. When you live for him and when he lives in you, he tells us to deny self. It'll cost you, you. I'm not saying you're going to be dirt poor and eating potted meat. That's pretty good, though, by the way. Uh, with cheddar cheese. Oh. But anyway... There's your gourmet meal for tonight. We're survivors. <laughs> but anyway, he, what, what, what I, what's been revealed to me, I gladly share it with you, but it will remain a mystery until it's been revealed to you. You can read it, but until you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life because the Scripture is spiritually discerned. And when it's revealed to you, it is no longer a mystery. Have you ever heard something and you know that it's right, but you can't figure out why? Well, I mean, when we began to hear the gospel and we began to be taken back to the simplicity of the gospel and we began to be taken back to the cross, I was like, I know that's right, but I just, what do you mean? It's got to be something else. Because it was so indoctrinated into me that you had to do something, that you had to, you had to come down and go through the prayer line and let, let seven, uh, seven or, or ten preachers hit you in the head with their sweaty hands and, and smell like aftershave and, and shake you around a little bit, and then you could be free. Man, that ain't doing nothing to make me mad. I didn't want to go. But I came back to the realization that, man, he is everything that I need. You can't shake the devil out of nobody. <laughs> just pray for gently I don't know where that ever came from just, you, don't, you don't need that just pray for them and love them but anyway Paul was, was sharing with them what he had <clears throat> and it will remain a mystery but until it's revealed to you like that aha moment like yes you remember that in your life if you can't remember that in your life you need to have that in your life like I got it I can't you can help I got it Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. That aha moment. There are no secrets, or there are no secret levels. There is no access denied signs in Christ when you are in Christ. And I, 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 I'm the pastor, but you have the same access to the Father that I have. I don't have a secret key or a secret badge. I, I just, I don't. I didn't get a special wand or some kind of handkerchief or anointing cloth that, that gives me special privileges into a secret chamber. I have the same access that you have because he, 
There he is. They know no respecter of persons. If you are, or, or, or I'm asking, do you enter in because you have that access? And if you enter in, are you asking for wisdom and knowledge and understanding? Are you asking for that? I have right here. I don't like keeping keys in my pocket. Then I leave them in the church. I lock them in. I can't get back into church. So, uh, someone's got to let me in. But I have right here, I have a key to the front door of this church. But guess what? So does Summer. So does Jason, I guess, or Daryl, and some other folks. They got the same access that I got. The key. Without the key, I can't get it. Well, I could get in. It'd be called breaking and entering, and I may go to jail, but... I've got access. Daryl's got access. Summer's got access. Terrence has got access. And because of the same reason, you got the key to the door. Christ is the door, but He's also the key to the... And He gives you access to the throne room of God. We have the same access. In Christ, there is no access denied. In Christ. My key won't do anything that, 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 that their key won't do. We have that access. Jew and Gentile alike, praise God that, that Christ abolished that, that wall, that enmity that was made between Him and flesh. That He, he took that away. <coughs> in verse 5 says, Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto His holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. We should be fellow heirs and of the same body. We should be. We should be together. Regardless if you've been worshiping and, and, and serving the Lord for an hour or for, for ten years. You're in the family just like I'm in the family. You're in there just like I'm in there. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers I, I, I wish I could get this across to you tonight it's one thing to be in the family man I remember growing up at Union Road Church of God and it was like every month we had people joining and, and, and they would all circle like we do here and they'd go by and give the right hand of fellowship now if we do that we'll give the right elbow of fellowship or whatever you want to call it but I remember my Aunt Patsy and my cousin Patty would She'd be over there singing by the piano, and I thought, man, this is like the Gaither moment, and I would be crying, and I wouldn't be crying, but uh, they'd be just saying, I'm so glad I'm a part of the family of God. I can't remember the rest of it, but that's the only part I remember. And we're in the family, but there's a difference in being in the family of God and understanding that I'm also a partaker of His promise in Christ Jesus. I am also a partaker of His promise in Christ Jesus. Thank God that I'm in the family. But I, I, I also thank God that everything you have, I can have and be a partaker of it in Christ Jesus, in the provision. You love me so much that not only you provided the sacrifice, but you made the way and you gave me access into the Holy of Holies and you brought me into the family. You grafted me in and now I can be a partaker of not only your divine nature, but also your promise. I can walk in victory. Not just talk in it. 
I can, I, can, I can walk in victory and not just sing about it. I can, I can walk in healing and not just think about it. I can walk free and not just sing about it. Man, I remember we used to sing in, 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 in the, like when, when we were like right out of high school, the mime or whatever they call that became like just huge in the church. All of a sudden it exploded. Everybody wanted to be a mime in a box and wear white gloves and <laughs> we'd sing that song, I am free to run. And they'd be sitting up here doing this. And I was like, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm just saying it. Because here's why. I did not understand where my freedom was. My freedom wasn't in tears. And my freedom was not in regret. My freedom was in Christ. I don't know about you, man, but I used to go to the altar all the time and I'd pray. Cry my eyeballs out. Man, I want to do it again. And as soon as I left church, I did it again. And I couldn't understand. We're free in Christ Jesus. And I'm a partaker of His promise that He is faithful. He will not forsake us. He is with us even until the end of the world. That He will dress, uh-oh, dress the vine. Why? To make you more fruitful. And He will, he will purge us and He will cleanse us. And He will get rid of the things that we can't to again make us more fruitful that in Christ sin shall not rule, sin shall not have dominion over me, that I can have an abundant life, that I can have peace, that He is my rest, He's a very present help in time of trouble, that His grace is sufficient, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I can be a partaker of these promises in Christ Jesus, and I can know no matter what goes on, me, on around me, that He has it all under control. And if I seek first His kingdom, that all He has will be added unto me, that He is before me, He's inside of me, and I can be a partaker of it all. Y'all with me tonight? I don't have to live wondering if it could be better. I know it will. I know it will. I don't have to panic in a crisis because He's with me. And whatever weapon is formed against me shall not prosper. He not only saved me, but He continues to save me. He continues to empower me. Not for me, so that my light may shine before men, that they may, they may see my good works, but glorify my Father which is in heaven. He is better than words can describe. He, I cannot fathom how deep and how high, how wide, how long His love is for me. He, God Almighty, not only desires to pour out on me, but to pour through me. Man, it's quiet in here. Maybe y'all just soaking it in, I don't know. And it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ that you and I can be a partaker of it all. <laughs> if you've never heard this song, I encourage you to listen to it. Uh, I don't really know the girl's name that sings it, but the name of it, is it, it keeps on getting better? You keep on getting better. Man. <laughs> Isn't it? I mean, I am madly in love with the Lord. And He just keeps on getting better. Why? 
Because he never runs out. He never runs out. The well never runs dry. It's a continual flow. When I was coming home today <coughs> from Yakinville, I went down and I passed Murray's Mill and there was somebody out there standing looking at the little dam. And, and I just thought, man, I wonder how many times, how much fresh water has just rolled over the lip of that thing. And I began to think about the Lord. That's just like he is. He's never stale. It's always fresh. There's always more. There's always more. So Paul was given that grace to minister, and it came through the effectual working of his power that he should preach one thing, the unsearchable, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And you find that in verse 7. The unsearchable riches. He was made to be a minister. And it came by the effectual work of his power. And Paul said, verse 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints. He had, listen, this is Paul speaking. I'm less than the least of all the saints. Listen, true wisdom will always bring humility. I'm less than all the saints that I should preach the, to, among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. You can never exhaust it. Not that it can't be found. You can never exhaust his riches. Man, Annie thought Daddy Warback Bucks has something. Man. The Lord, you cannot exhaust him. He's got it always. So he, he, he preached the unsearchable riches so that we may have fellowship with the Master. That mystery is gone. I'm here to preach to you that there is more for you, that there is something better for you, and you don't have to wonder, can it be okay? I'm telling you, it will be better than okay. Before the finished work, people could only walk with Him, but now you and I can live in Christ. <laughs> what an honor. Verse 9 says, uh, <coughs> And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. So the mystery, which from the beginning was hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. God the Father officiates, God the Son orchestrates, but God the Holy Spirit executes. I'll carry it out in you, if you'll let me. I'll carry it out in you, if you'll let me. Verse 10, I'll get to a place where I really... I love all the scripture, but man, I want you to really get this. Verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and power in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. I really don't know why I'm looking what I'm looking for, and when I tell you what I'm looking for, you'll understand why. A crystal. <laughs> we don't really have those around here in abundance, but... Uh, <laughs> just, uh, if you ever, do you ever do that? Like, I just want something and I'm looking for it, knowing that this ain't here. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But manifold wisdom, I want you to understand. Have you ever, like my grandma, they had a chandelier. Well, that was like big, you know, like in the old folks' house when I was a kid. Like, 35 was old when I was a kid. But I don't know why they had a chandelier. It wasn't like their house was fancy or anything. But they, they had the little, not a chandelier, but it had the little things. And they weren't real crystals. They were plastic. Because... Preachers don't have real crystals. <laughs> or not, my grandfather didn't anyway. But anyway, when the light would hit it, all these rainbows and stuff would just go all over the place. Kind of like a diamond. Or I have one, but it's not real clean no more after 22 years. 
But if you think of this this way, the manifold wisdom of God, that every time the light hits it, that it radiates out in all types of directions, in all different ways, all different varieties, all different colors, but it comes from one source, it comes from God, it is the wisdom of God, and that every time the light, Christ, who is in you, you are the light that it shines, the wisdom of God should be shown forth. It should be going forth. But a lot of times, unfortunately, when believers open their mouth, wisdom is not what's coming out. It's dumbness, stupidity, stupidity. I about said stupidness, but stupidity. That manifold wisdom, it radiates everywhere as the light, as Christ shines through you. It's greatly diversified, abounding in variety, marked with a great variety of colors, kind of like a painting with a can- on a canvas. When, when, when I had the, the, the privilege of growing up as an 80s kid and a 90s kid, we, we, we got cable TV when I was like, I don't know, fifth, fourth grade or something. And it was the summer, and we probably drank uh, 12 gallons of Kool-Aid already, and that equates to about 13 pounds of sugar at our house. And we were sitting there, and this dude comes on with his big fro, and he's painting. And I was captivated. And of course, you know, it's Bob Ross. He was making happy clouds and putting snow on the branches. But he took a variety of colors, and he made a beautiful picture always. This is how the body of Christ should be. He uses anything, everything, for his glory. If you're willing and obedient, he don't care what color you are. He don't care how tall you are, how short you are, how, how uh, uh, round you are, or how slender you are. <laughs> said that carefully. He will use you for his glory. So a, a, a multifaceted wisdom, the wisdom of God has shown itself in Christ to be varied beyond measure. His wisdom is inexhaustible. We don't know it all and we can't know it all. If you have five doctorates, congratulations, you still don't know it all. You'll never know it all. It amazes me that I can't remember the capacity, or they say the brain amount or capacity that we actually tapped into. Mine's probably far less than what most people have tapped into, but I'm like, what could we do? And think about how, how, how did he design this? Crazy. I know you guys have seen it before, but I encourage you tonight, look up Lebanon. It's the, the, the thing that it's the rebar of the DNA. It tells you what to it tells your body what to do and how it's shaped perfectly in the form of a cross. It's amazing. I can't remember Tony Giglio. Who? Louis. Who's Tony? Louis, Tony, Ricardo, whatever. It's Louis Giglio. Yes. If you can find Tony Giglio, tell him I said hello, but <laughs> Louis Giglio, Lebanon. Am I saying it right, Dennis? Lebanon. Lebanon is baloney. <laughs> That's good, too, if you, if you, uh, if you need to know. <laughs> it's very good. It's kind of spicy at times, but Lebanon. Dear Lord. Thank you, Dennis, for helping me out. And not let me look like a total moron. 
Uh, but anyway, look that up. It's just amazing how God has created us. So that, that, that wisdom is diversified. We don't know it all and we can't know it all. We should always continually be growing in wisdom. Knowledge, listen, knowledge leads us from, from the simple to the complex. But wisdom leads us from the complex back to the simple. When you don't know Christ, it's a mystery. It's crazy. I don't understand why you guys are meeting together. I mean, for crying out loud, Roy Cooper said, y'all can't go to church and you're over there risking it all. I heard somebody coughing a while ago. We're all going to die. No, we're not all going to die. Well, I will die one day, but hopefully not next week or anything. But people that do not have the love of Christ, they don't know the Lord, they can't understand why like-minded believers like to come together and just fellowship. Just talk. Just say, hey, sonny, how you doing? They don't understand it. In the midst of a, a national a state of emergency, you're still going to come together. Why? Because not only our love for Him, but our love for one another. To encourage one another. So we go from the simple to the complex through knowledge, but when wisdom comes, it goes from complex back to simple. So when you come back to the simplicity of the gospel, and it, you, you are, you are uh, growing and, and, and learning and understanding, and your wisdom is increasing, the gospel is complex without the operating of the Holy Spirit in one's life. But with that operation comes wisdom, which brings you back to the simplicity, Christ and Him crucified. And in that, you will always grow in both wisdom and knowledge. The wisdom, or true wisdom, again, I said it a while ago, is always humble. Verse 11 says, according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, that eternal purpose, His eternal purpose was that man would spend eternity with Him. His purpose can and will be fulfilled in one way, in Christ Jesus and His finished work at the cross. It wasn't no surprise to God that man fell. My brother said it last night, and I'll echo what he said. The coronavirus didn't catch the Lord off guard. What happened? Nothing catches him off guard or surprises him. And he already knew that man would fall way back then, but he already had a plan in mind. <laughs> this is how good he is. Verse 12 says, In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith in him, of him. In sin, you have no boldness. You only have cockiness and being conceited. In sin, you have no boldness in approaching God. Listen, after Adam and Eve, after they ate of the forbidden fruit, do you guys remember when, I don't know, maybe you always knew, maybe I was just a dumb kid, but I remember when I found out that Adam and Eve didn't eat an apple. What did they eat then? You've been lying to me all these years? But anyway, when they, I don't even know why I told you that, but um, now you know. But I, I learned that then, but that didn't catch him off guard that they failed, that they ate of the forbidden fruit. But when they did, they did not approach God in boldness. Sin entered in, they hid from God. Sin will always run from the one that can take it away. 
Listen, the enemy is terrified of God Almighty. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name is above every name. Sin will never give boldness. They hid from God. They were afraid because they were naked. But in Christ, and only in Christ, can we boldly approach because He is your access. Quite a few years ago, I was doing all these Wells Fargo conversions. They were going from, we did them from First Union to Wachovia, and then from Wachovia to Wells Fargo. But in particular, this time I was in Taylorsville, up in Taylorsville, North Carolina, the big town of Taylorsville. And right across the street was the police department. All weekend long, we were in there working on that bank. And man, we were toward, we had the whole bank sitting on the sidewalk. We had to get it done. And about, about 3.30 to 4 o'clock that morning, Monday morning, we finally finished. I was dog tired. And I was boldly approaching the door to lock it one final time because we finished. And Barney Fife come around the corner about ready to kill me. Because he thought I was breaking into the bank. I said, hey, brother, I got the key. I got the key. But I also had the access to every, every security code to the 28 banks that I was doing. I boldly approached those banks because not that I was... I was Mr. Superintendent because I had access. I had clearance and I had the key. I boldly approach the Lord because I have access in Christ Jesus, not because of me, but because who's in me and because of what I am in Christ Jesus. I know that I can go to Him humbly but boldly if that makes sense. Lord, I don't even deserve to call You Lord, but because You made the provision. I don't even have the privilege to call you Father, but only one way, through the provision that you made, the blood that was shed for me, now I can boldly have access and come with confidence by faith in Christ Jesus. That ought to make you happy. You can do more than pray for your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. You can go to Him boldly and you have access with confidence by faith in Christ Jesus I can come to you and 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 just pour it out I had a young man talking to me last night and he asked me he said well how'd you know you was called to preach I said bro everybody's called to preach and he looked at me like what I said yeah everybody's called to preach you're if you're a believer if you've been born again you're called to preach Proclaim, make known, share the gospel. Go ye therefore and teach to tell them all. The American society has described and come up with their own, own definition of preaching. That's this, standing back here and whatever. That's the, the, uh, proclaiming the gospel. So you need to understand that in Christ you have access, but also in Christ you have what you need and you have the Holy Spirit working in you to proclaim what you should proclaim. That's the gospel. We're not only Christ are we quickened, we're made alive. Your lineage has changed. You are now sons and daughters of the king. Therefore, you have access into the Father's house. Man, what a privilege to, to serve such a mighty God. You now have access in Christ Jesus. You're not a foreigner. You're not an alien. You're not a, who are you? You're family. Family. I want you to stand tonight. If uh, Terrence, if you could just come play something, it would be just fine.
I shared with you a, a week or two ago what the Lord had laid on my heart. And it's something that I'm adamant about, passionate about. And we will develop all of this later, but the very basics is, is, and I told you before, project build. To believe, to unite, to intercede, and to love Denver. Here they all come. Come on up here, fellas. <laughs> but why? Because we've got something to give. We've got something to share. You've got something to share. Do you believe that everybody, not only in this, this town, but in this county and the surrounding areas, needs and deserves to hear the, the gospel of Jesus Christ? That will come together, that will intercede, we'll pray. And we'll love Denver, not by just giving stuff, but literally giving them the only thing they need, Jesus Christ. So tonight I want you to just take some time and I want you to allow the Lord to search your heart. And I, I, I don't say this jokingly, but I dare you to ask Him to allow that gospel to offend you. Because I can tell you one thing. If you'll read that book, Torture for Christ, you'll very quickly realize, man, there is so much more that I can do. I love coming together. But there's a lot of people that need what you've got. So I want you tonight to come just to, or make yourself an altar or wherever it is. Just allow the Lord to search your heart. To stir in you. To, to, to just stir those things up. That passion, that drive, that zeal, that it'll be there. But come tonight and just seek the Lord for a while as, as they play.
for many, this may be uh, again scary times, but it's exciting for me. Exciting. He's drawing you. He desires to fill you. He desires to pour into you and through you. I don't really want to get in a hurry tonight, but I want them to sing this one more time, and I want you to just worship. Just say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Have your way. Sing it one more time if you I just feel impressed to ask that maybe you're watching or maybe you're here, but we're just singing that, fill me, Lord. If that's been your desire to be filled, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, tonight's the night. Will you believe? If that's you, if you're here and if, you, if that's what you desire, you've been seeking that, I want you to come. We'll pray with you because I believe he'll do it. I believe he'll do it. If you'll just sing again, just for a few more moments.
young men in their 20s seeking all that the Lord has for them. And as a family of God, we ought to be pouring in, praying over. This, this is the church that you made.
If you're watching and wondering what's going on, I can tell you. It's just a body of believers loving one another. And it's people surrendering all that they have to Him. You guys stay as long as you want. Pray as long as you want. But I want to tell you, there's some great things happen tonight. Some great things have taken place tonight. We love you guys. We love you guys. You be blessed. Stay as long as you want.